praise to Jesus. Joshua chapter 5. I'm going to read from verse 1. Joshua chapter 5 from verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. Joshua chapter 5, verse 1 onwards. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 5. I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. So it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over, that their hearts melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourselves and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised. But all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord, to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised his sons, whom he raised up in their place, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not been circumcised on the way. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. Praise be to God. I'm going to go back to verse one. There are a few things that the spirit of the Lord wants to highlight for us today and speak to us so that we can inherit the blessings that God has for us. Number one, here we see that the generation that came out of Egypt were circumcised and the people who were circumcised did not enter into the promised land. A majority of them did not enter into the promised land because they did not obey the voice of the Lord, their God. We have to understand this and settle this in our hearts. 
just because we've circumcised doesn't mean that we will automatically enter into the promised land. doesn't work that way. We have to understand this. That there are many people who had a passport, who had their tickets, who boarded the flights, who were caught somewhere in some airport and were put in prison. So just having the passport and just having the ticket doesn't mean that you're going to make it to the destination. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. As much as we've heard erroneous teachings out there, most places, where they say, oh, you need to have the ticket. Oh, you need to have the passport. If you have the passport, you have the ticket. You are sure that you will make it to the other side. That's not the case. Circumcision is important. Without circumcision, you're not going to make it, according to the Old Testament. In the New Testament also, circumcision is important. We are circumcised in our hearts. If that circumcision doesn't take place in your heart, then you really cannot even see the kingdom of heaven. There's no way you can go without the passport, without tickets. You're not going to. If you don't have the passport, you're not going to. You cannot go anywhere. That's the first step. But after the circumcision takes place, it is important for us to abide by the rules. You can only bring this. You can only take this. You cannot take this. There are many rules that are there. You have to abide by those rules. If you don't, then they will make you to board off the flight. They'll say, get down. You cannot be here if you would have boarded. Or at the customs, they'll stop you and they'll say, you can't go out of this place. Or they can stop you even before that. While they're doing the check-in, they can stop you right there. How many people, you've heard stories like people have the tickets and they have the passports and they're going there and then there's a security man who has his metal detector and he goes like this over you and all of a sudden that person has a knife or a gun. And what happens? That's it. They're taken away. Did they make it to their destination? No. If you don't abide by the rules of the land that you're going to go into, if you don't abide by the rules of the airport and the plane that you're supposed to take, you will not be allowed to enter in. You can have your passport. You can have your tickets, which is important. Without You can't even go. But just having that is not enough, remember. It's important for you to have this in your heart till the day you are done with your life on this earth. Very important. Many times people say, oh, you know, I have this. I am saved. And yes, we are saved. Good. But did you make it to the other side? Not yet. So you be very careful. Satan will be trying whichever way possible to take away what legally belongs to you through God. But God has purchased it from the cross and he's given the ticket for you. And so with his blood, he gave you that ticket. You have to do your part. And what is your part? You need to be circumcised in your heart. Through circumcision, they all left Egypt. They were circumcised. All of them who served were circumcised were the children of Israel. They all left Egypt. 
But did they make it to the promised land? No. In the wilderness, they all died. Most of them died. They were all circumcised. So when they circumcised, they had faith. Without that, they wouldn't have. They were all circumcised because they had faith. But the faith to be circumcised didn't continue as they continued following God. And all of a sudden, unbelief was allowed in. I won't say unbelief came in. It was allowed to come in. And suddenly the eyes that were upon God, whom they worshipped and they believed, was transferred upon whatever Satan was showing. And as a result, what happened? They missed their entry into the promised land. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Now you look at the people who made it, the people of God, their children. God stops them at a certain point. He says, you know what? You may be born to these people who are circumcised, but you were born in the wilderness and you were not circumcised. You need to be circumcised. Just because we are born in a Christian family, just because we are born to pastors, or just because we are born to preachers, or just because we are born to righteous people, doesn't mean that automatically we're going to go to heaven. Oh, my grandma prayed, my dad prayed, my mom prayed. So as long as they're praying, nothing will happen to me. And if we presume upon the grace of God, what will happen? We will die in the wilderness. We cannot go forward without fulfilling the commands of God. We need to have this settled in our hearts. So it was when all the kings of the Amorites were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were on, who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over that their hearts melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. What happened when God did this miracle for the children of Israel and he destroyed the Egyptians, when that happened, the people who were far away, they saw what God did to the Egyptians because of the children of Israel. How God came for his people and how God delivered his people from the hands of the Egyptians. That means what did God do to the enemies? These people saw them. They were all very scared because they know these people are going to pass by our side. And I know what's going to happen to us. The fear of the Lord. When you obey God and when you walk with God, the fear, the fear of the Lord will be all around you. When you obey God and when you walk with God, the fear of the Lord about you will be on those who are around you. If you're walking with God, God's fear will be on those who are around you. God is speaking to our hearts of this hour. Just like the word says, the favor of the Lord is with them, those who fear him. The fear of the Lord is upon the people who witness those who fear him. When you fear him, God will put his fear of you that comes from him upon your enemies, upon those who are around you. So you don't have to go and stand begging before a heathen. God will cause them to give what you need through the hands of the heathen. We've seen that happen so many, many times. And for God, time is precious. If his people are 
living for him and their moments in their days are for him. Time is precious for God. And God moves things and he moves people. And because it has happened so many times, we're not surprised when it happens, but we're amazed because we see how God is so involved because the rest of the people are watching and thinking, what happened? Where are they going? They came last and how they go first? It's the Lord God Almighty. Many, many times it's happened. Even recently it happened. Because God is at work. When you work for him, he is at work. He moved the heathen for you to make way. He will send people right to you to get done what needs to get done for you. This is who our God is. Now, when it came to the children of Israel, now there are some people who will show their fist at God. God takes care of them. And that's what happened to the Egyptians. And so these people, they are so scared when they hear what God did for his people. If you fear God. If you follow God, if you worship Him only, if you're faithful to God, then God will put His fear on your enemies. You fear Him. The fear of you will be upon your enemies and those around you. God will do that. Now, let's just go here. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, uh, what we need to really emphasize here is, the Lord said to Joshua, Now, God is speaking to the leader of this nation, Joshua, who came after Moses, was trained by Moses. God is speaking to Joshua, who carried the spirit of Moses. Moses laid hands on Joshua, and the the spirit of Moses that was upon Moses was transferred to Joshua to continue the work of the Lord. Now, God is speaking to Joshua this. Make flint knives for yourselves. And circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. He's not telling people who circumcise, circumcise again. He's talking about people who need to be circumcised. And he's telling, look, there are a whole bunch of people. And so beautifully, God is described over here. The people who were not circumcised, the people who are born in the wilderness, they need to be circumcised. I want you to do this. So Joshua made flint knives, just like, you know, what the Lord said. And he is doing this over here. And the circum, and circumcise the sons of Israel at the hills of the foreskin. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised. Why did he circumcise them? All the people who came out of Egypt, who were males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. So, verse 6. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us. Now, This is a very dreadful scripture. We have to understand that. Physical Canaan is parallel or shadowed to the spiritual Canaan, which is heaven. We need to understand that. The very same God who said, I promise you, Canaan, who this very same God promised them that you won't see Canaan. If it comes out of the mouth of God, it's the worst thing. 
the very same God who spoke good to his people, the very same God said, I'll make sure you die in the wilderness. Never play games with God. Never. Never. Because God is so gracious. He says, I've heard you cry. I've seen your tears. I've come to deliver you. And he sent Moses. And he did all the miracles in front of their eyes. So they know when they go to the wilderness, they'll know this God did all these miracles here in Egypt. And he is so big. And he will do this for us. In spite of seeing all of that. The people who were circumcised became hardened in their hearts, ungrateful, so used to the presence of God, callous, rebellious. And the very same God who spoke through Moses and said that, I'm going to take all these people to the land flowing with milk and honey, came and he promised, he said, I'll make sure you don't enter into the promised land. Imagine how vexed God's heart would have been. Imagine how wicked these people who were circumcised were before him to the extent that they drove God to promise them. Oh, I promise you, you're not going to see the promised land. I promise you that you die in the wilderness. Think about that. Think about that. Many Christians are like that today. Many, many Christians are like that today. Many Christians these days say that, oh, I have the Holy Spirit. Oh, I speak in tongues. Oh, I know the Bible. Oh, I pray. I have all these scriptures. And how are they? They're disobedient and rebellious in their hearts. And God speaks again and again and again. He gives words of warning again and again and again. And after that, what he does, he says, well, you've really provoked me to anger now. And at that point, he says, I give you over to what you want. You want death? You get it for sure. I promise you death. We have to keep this before us so that you don't give room to presumptuous sin. Very important. So, God says here, verse 6, For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed. Who consumed them? Who consumed them? God. Who took them out? God. It was a hand of God that was moved against the children of Israel. Rebellious, disobedient people. So, God promised and he said, you're not going to enter in. Period. And he made sure they don't enter in. See, the people didn't repent after nothing. They thought, oh, we're circumcised. And Jesus said this. Don't think you have Abraham as your father. Don't say that, oh, I have Abraham as my father. And so I'm this and I'm that. The sons of Abraham will be cast out into the outer darkness. With his weeping and gnashing of teeth. So... The sons of Abraham doesn't mean that because they're circumcised and because they came from Abraham and and because uh, they made this one-time covenant with God uh, that they will enter in. If you make a covenant, you have to abide by the covenant. It's like marriage. Once you sign the paper and you say that, I do. Once you hold hands in the presence of God and you say, I do, it's not over. 
After that, every day is the I do part. You need to keep. That's what covenant is. Just because you do some circumcision ceremony and you did something doesn't mean that it's over. That means you've entered a contract. You need to keep that part of the contract. When you say, Lord, I will follow you for the rest of my life. Or you say, the Lord, I will do this. Or Lord, you are my Lord. Lord, I will. Whatever you say. I give my life to you, oh Jesus. God will hold you to your word because he's holding himself to what he has spoken. So when you make that covenant with God, every day you are expected to keep that covenant. Understand that. No covenant breaker will enter into the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says the last days, the signs of the last days will be disobedient to parents. Natural affection won't be there. And covenant breakers. They break covenant with the husband and wife. They break covenant with their parents. They break, they break covenant with God himself. So these covenant breakers will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Just like the covenant breakers here did not enter into the promised land, no covenant breaker will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is very important for you to hear. Verse 7. Then Joshua circumcised their sons whom he raised up in their place. For they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. So Joshua is now doing what God told him to do. Circumcise all the uncircumcised people. Know this. Circumcision is very important. Don't go and tell Pastor Kirby said circumcision is important. She's speaking law. I'm talking about the new covenant circumcision, which is a circumcision of the heart. Where the self has to be gone. That's what circumcision is. Circumcision of the heart is forsaking everything in order to follow Jesus Christ. If anyone, if anyone, if any man would want to follow me, want to follow me, if you desire to follow me, this is the first step. Let him deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. There's no salvation apart from Jesus. And there's no salvation apart from Jesus only. When you say Jesus only, Jesus died for me, Jesus only, that means he is the only one that you have to follow. He's the only one you serve. You don't serve yourself. You don't serve anyone else. You serve Jesus only. And in him, you serve whatever he's telling you to do through whomever God has appointed over you. So Joshua now, he's doing what God told him to do. He circumcised all the uncircumcised people because it was necessary, essential. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their camp, in the camp where God had them all stay until they were all healed. So God is giving this time of recovery. Where they all were circumcised, now they're all waiting to be healed before they could move. Now once they obeyed God and they did the circumcision, while they were waiting to be healed, God is speaking to Joshua. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. This is very profound. What God spoke to Joshua was for the entire nation of Israel. What God is speaking to us today is we to have this in our mind. If the reproach needs to be removed, 
then what needs to be done must be done. The requirement must be met. If the requirement is not met, the reproach will not be removed. We can pray all we want. We can fast all we want. We can cry all we want. We can give all we want. We can do whatever we want. But if we don't meet the requirement of God, what God is calling you to do, then the reproach will not be removed. So if you want your reproach to be removed, God is asking you to do something very important today is yourself has to die. So don't say God told Pastor Kribba said, go kill yourself. That's not what I'm telling you. Self has to die means the me, my, and I. Whatever you, you whatever comes between you and God, which says that I want to do this. God says to do this. No, but I want to do this. God says submit. No, I'm not going to submit. God says do this. No, no, I'm not going to. I'll do another time. There are a lot of people who think arguing with God is fashionable. They think that it's okay. And you know what verse they always try to bring? God says, come, let's reason together. So I'll go and I'll just open my mouth and say whatever I want to say in the presence of God. Oh, no. God will say, come, let's reason together. It doesn't mean that you can go and blurt out whatever you want to. He's God Almighty. That reverence for God is necessary. This reverence for God is very important. You need to have that reverence for the Almighty God. But when you come to the presence of God, we come humbly. When you come to the presence of God, we come with utmost reverence. When we come before the presence of God, we must think before we open our mouth and speak. God's word says that. God wants to talk with us. But God is not there to hear all our negative rambling in his presence. We can open our hearts and tell God anything. At the same time, we understand he is the creator of heaven and earth. What we will not dare go to tell a king or a president or a governor. We don't go and do that with God. The respect that needs to be given to God and the honor that needs to go to God must be there all the time. When you enter in the sanctuary, when you come to the presence of God, have that fear of the Lord. Whatever God is calling me to do, I should do. If you want God to do a miracle for you, if you want God to remove your reproach away from you, then it's very important for you to remove the foreskin out of your heart. If you want God to remove the reproach out of you, there's a prophecy God is speaking at this hour. If you want God to remove the reproach out of your family, out of you, that self has to die. Me doing what I want to do has to go. The reproach will be removed when the foreskin of the heart is removed. The reproach will be removed when? When you do what God has called you to do. Until then, it won't be removed. Yes, until then, you see miracles. You see the ten plagues. You see manna from heaven. You see all kinds of things. You see Jordan open up. You see Red Sea open up. You can see all kinds of miracles happen. But the reproach has not been removed. There is such a thing. Even after Pharaoh dies, even after the Egyptians die, even after the people are so scared, there's such a thing that the reproach is still there. Until God removes that reproach, that reproach will be there. Until he removes that reproach, whatever is after us will still be after us. In your life, if you're waiting for God to do something for you, It is important you line up with the will of God. 
It's important you have the fear of God. Check yourself and see what needs to be done. Is there anything that is not done that God has told me to do? Is there any remaining things that are there that I've not done which God has told me to do? Did God tell me to do something? Am I just glossing over it and saying that, well, that's not that bad and it's not that big and you know what? God did this and God brought us out of Jordan and God brought us through the, you know, this and that and he gave us manna from heaven. We're not circumcised and we're still getting manna from heaven. We're not circumcised and look all the things that God is doing. Well, the water came from the rock and all these things are happening. We're not circumcised and we're getting all the, why should we be circumcised? You know who will say those things? Lucifer. Lucifer will come and say, look all the blessings, look all the miracles, who did all these things, how will God all do all these things, if you were not circumcised. That means it was okay for you to be not circumcised. Then a whole doctrine will come out of that, to send a whole generation to hell. God is speaking to our hearts today. There's no going forward, there's no inheriting anything, if that foreskin of the heart is not removed. If the circumcision is not done according to what God expects, then reproach will not be removed. God wants to remove the reproach. This day, I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Even after Pharaoh died, even after the chariots were gone, even after all those things were gone and there's no way of these people following them ever again. Even after the promise God gave, the Egyptians that you see today, you will see no more. What is this? What is this? What is this? God is speaking to hearts today. Whenever God does something, there is a connection to whatever happened before. There's a connection to whatever happened before. You know, you leave a little spot after you clean and you just leave one spot where there's mold. You say, I did mold remediation all over. Just this one corner has this spot there. That's okay. It's a small area. You know what will happen? It'll take over the whole house. What God wants you to get done, you need to get done. If God must remove the reproach away, because the reproach is connected to bondage. It's like the stink. Lord, it's been four days. Yes, death and stink are connected together. They're not separate. Bondage and reproach are connected together. If you wake up and you're still having the smell of death, you can't be around anyone. Yes, Egypt is gone. Pharaoh is dead. Yes, slavery is gone, so to speak. But if you still have the reproach on you, which is the smell of slavery on you, wherever you go, you can still become a slave. You can still become slaves. God is the one who will remove that reproach out because it's interconnected. If that reproach needs to be removed, which God wants to, and God was waiting for this reproach to be removed, you know, it didn't even occur to them. 
They thought it was okay. It didn't occur to them, well, we're going, our kids are not circumcised and, and we're circumcised. Nobody thought until God came and said, Joshua, these people are not circumcised. How long God had been waiting for that. Finally, he comes and says, they need to be circumcised. And Joshua says, oh, yes, Lord. I never thought about this. Because they had enough problems with these people. Now God says, you need to get this done. And he said, yes, Lord. Because that's who Joshua was. Whatever God said, he said, I will do it. And so Joshua did what God told him to do. And after that was done, and when they were waiting to be healed, God comes and tells Joshua this. This day, when? After the circumcision was done. Before they could move, he says, I'm removing the reproach away from you. So when that reproach is removed, what happens? Now they're walking as free people, truly free people, truly different people. No smell of death. No sting of death. No reproach from slavery. Nothing. This is total detachment. You know, you can take the stump of the tree and not take the root. It's not a good thing. You have to fully uproot it. And that's what God is doing here. Yeah, you don't have any sign of the tree, but you know, the roots are still there. It's going to grow. It can grow. In order for the roots to be fully taken, in order for that reproach to be removed, God comes and tells Joshua, this has got to be done. This has got to go. The foreskin has to be removed. God is speaking to us today. It's got to go. Self has to go. If you say, Lord, I want to serve you. Lord, I want to be hidden in you. Lord, I will serve you for the rest of my life. And when someone just hits you the wrong way, you feel like, hmm, my hand, my feet, and you touched my property, and you are in my space, and you talked about me. Oh, you said about my family. Oh, who are you? Who do you think you are? You know who I am? You know how quickly that self comes out? When that happens, it shows that the foreskin has not been removed. If the heart is really fully circumcised, that foreskin is removed, the self is gone. No matter who says what, you'll be like a rock. Rain is falling, falling on top of the rock. Cannot be penetrated. You know, people who have truly taken Christ to be the everything. When the self is removed, it is only at that moment you really put on Christ. These things should happen when you take baptism. Unfortunately, many Christians don't go through the process at all. Because baptism is for people who have denied themselves. If anyone would want to follow me, if you want to be a disciple, you deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow. Only then baptism. And only those who are disciples are qualified for baptism. 
But many people, self is not gone. And because of that, what happens? Even though they're baptized, they have not really put on Christ. And what people see on the outside is not Jesus. People who are seeing them from outside, they all see the foreskin. They see self. They see what a bitter person, they see what an angry person, they see what a proud person, they see what a nasty person, and they see what a selfish person. All they see is self. They don't see Jesus. How can you see Jesus in a bitter person? How can you see Jesus in an angry person? How can you see Jesus in a selfish person? How can you see Jesus in an immoral person? How can you? If the foreskin is not removed, Jesus cannot be in their lives. If you want your reproach to be removed, God is speaking to your hearts at this hour. If you want your reproach to be removed, the sting of death to be removed. If you want your reproach to be removed, no link to slavery. If you want your reproach to be removed, uproot the root of everything that's causing this. You have to do your part. August is a big month. God is going to do big things. Real life transformations. Two believers. Those who have been baptized but have not put on Christ. What is putting on? What is putting on? If you put on a shirt, everybody will see what shirt you're wearing. That's what putting on is. They that are baptized in Christ, they have put on Christ, the Bible says. That means there's no room for self to be seen. When you put on something, it is meant to cover something up. If you're circumcised in your heart and have put on Jesus Christ, then those around you will see Jesus, not you. Not the works of the flesh. Not the older person. If any man or any woman is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. Everything has become new. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. What God wants to do in your life cannot be compared with any earthly things. What God wants to do in this month of August cannot be compared with the victories that God has given to you in the past. This is something far glorious. What God is going to do is something substantial. See, what God did for these people after the reproach was removed cannot be compared to what God did before that. There's something special that comes. There's a special blessing that comes upon God's people when they do what God has told them to do. As we close our eyes and look to the Lord, ask the Lord, in which area I need to die to self. Die to self is putting away that which is ugly, putting away that which is not of God, putting away that which defiles this temple of God, putting away that which stands between me and God, whether it's pride, whether it's immorality, whether it's whatever it may be, 
as you go and stand before God and ask, Lord, what should I do for my reproach to be remote? There are many of you who have generational curses. There are many of you who have family bondage. There are many of you who have all kinds of things that are linked to the past and different things that are there. How will those things be broken off of you? How will those things be taken away? You know, there are some people who don't know anything about deliverance. They have no clue of what deliverance is, what deliverance ministry is. I saw this some time back. Somebody is posting this. Somebody is asking this. Oh, some people talk about, you know, generational curse. I don't believe in generational curse. I don't believe in breaking generation curse. And, and then you have a whole bunch of ignorant people, you know, writing, oh, well, there's no such thing as generational. When we are born in Jesus Christ, Jesus frees us from a nice talk. The very same people have people dying. Cancer, 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 cancer. Accident, 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 accident. Alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. And marriage trouble, marriage trouble, marriage trouble, marriage trouble. You see a cycle. They don't care to read the word. They don't want the truth. So they have blinders on their eyes. So arrogant. So they all write as if they know everything. They don't know anything. Yet they are boastful, haughty, proud, high-minded people. They call themselves Christians. They are in bondage and they keep others in bondage. But to God's people who are looking to the Lord for truth, God is speaking to our hearts today. God says, to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. To who? To you who fear my name. To those who fear his name, the son of righteousness will arise. God will come with healing. God will come to take that reproach away. When we fear God, we do what he tells us to do. When we fear God, we do whatever God tells us to do. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. What is your reproach? What do you think should be removed out of your life? What is actually standing there as a stench? What is it that you know must be out of your life. God might have done many things. Don't say that because he has done all these things, I know I'm right and because he's done all these things, I know he's already done it and I have nothing to change and I'm Miss Perfect and Mr. Perfect and Mrs. Perfect. It's a long way to go. Yes, God gave them manna. Yes, God gave them water in the wilderness. Yes, God did many miracles. Yet, there's something that they needed to do in order to now inherit whatever God had for them. In order to inherit that Canaan, in order to inherit everything that God had for them, there's one important step before that that is there, which is to circumcise those who are not circumcised. Whatever area in your life that is not circumcised, that has not been circumcised. Whatever area in your life where God says, I'm putting a finger on this now. In this area, there is pending and there's a question mark there. You have not obeyed me in this area. And God says, you have not obeyed me in this area. You have not obeyed me in this area. You have not obeyed me in this area. You go before God and you ask, Lord, what should I do in order for my reproach to be removed? Go ask him. Because this is a month God is going to remove reproach away from you. But if that reproach needs to be removed, you need to go and ask him, Lord, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? 
this is a great month. Not a good month, a great month. God wants you to do great things. Before he could do great things. He says there's a pending work that needs to be done. There's this pending work that needs to be done. And God says incomplete here. Are you content? Are you thinking that, oh, God will gloss over this and he never talked to me about this or, oh, you know, even though I've been disobedient here, he's been blessing their soul. This disobedience in this side is okay with him and it's fine and he has not punished me for this and he has not, you know, taken away his blessing from me for this or, no, no, no. God is very patient with us. There's a time where God will come and say, you know what? This has to go. God is speaking to our hearts that because he wants to bless us, because he wants to take us into the deeper blessing this month of August, he says, look at your life and see in what area I have to change, in which area I have to obey God, what more I need to do. Every single person has something that they need to refine. Every single person has something that they need to work on to go further into the glory of God. So don't say that. I have everything together. (laughs) If you say that, then you're deceiving yourself. You need to go and ask God, Lord, for my reproach to be removed, what should I do? God will speak to you. When you do what God is telling you to do, then when that job is complete, God will see that you thoroughly did it and he will come and say, this day, I have rolled away your reproach. This day, I've rolled away reports. Not I will roll away. I have rolled away. When When did he roll away the reports? The moment they did what God told them to do. So your obedience is connected with your blessing. Your obedience is connected with what God is going to do in the month of August. Your obedience is connected with your inheritance. Your obedience is connected to you inheriting your promised land. In which area, Lord, I should obey? What should I do for that reproach to be removed? What should I do in order for me to inherit my promised land? That one step, what is that link that is there? That is missing, that I need to put there. Ask God that. And God will show you. And God will remove the reproach away from you. God is bringing us into a fertile season. A glorious season. But it's important you do what God has told you to do. And when you do it, the moment you do it, your report will be rolled away from you. And what the Lord said, this Egyptian that you see, you won't see anymore, will really at that point, will be sealed once and for all. That means you will not have any more of that problem. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful, beautiful. Jesus is beautiful. And Jesus makes beautiful all the things of my life. Carefully touching thee, 
causing mine eyes to see. And Jesus makes beautiful all the things of my life. Carefully touching me, causing mine eyes to see. And Jesus makes beautiful all the things of my life. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this precious, priceless word that you've given to us. Oh, how we need your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you never fail to speak to us. Never fail to speak to us. Thank you, Father. You never fail to speak to us, Lord. Lord, I pray that you continue to cover your people with your precious blood. And as you release this word upon your people, upon this church, all those who are sincerely seeking you, Lord, for this word and are connected, oh Lord, to you through this body of believers that you have, through this anointing that you've laid upon this church through the pastors placed here, I pray that you will Speak to them, Father, as to what they should do in order for their reproach to be removed. Father, speak to each one of them. As you've already spoken to them this night, I pray, take them deeper and further into consecration that God desires, the consecration that God desires, hallelujah, may be found in them, Lord. Show them, Lord, the areas that they need to obey you, Father. Show them, Lord Jesus, whichever area that they need to surrender even more to you, Father. Whatever area that is not visited by them, whatever area is pending, whichever area is incomplete, oh Lord, I pray that you will reveal to them where forgiveness is necessary. Lord, where bitterness needs to go. Lord, where unforgiveness is there. Oh Father, where anger is there. Where pride is there, where jealousy is there, where disobedience and wrath and rage is there, immorality is there. Oh, you cannot work in those places. Reproach will be there. So I pray, may the Spirit of the Almighty God speak, O Lord, all the more with what you have spoken so that all the work of God be accomplished in your lives, O Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for making our hearts glad for you have spoken to us once again. We thank you, Father. Continue to bless your people, Father. Thank you, Lord. As we, Lord, come together again tomorrow morning and tomorrow evening and pray that you pour upon us your spirit in a mighty way. May people come knowing what they should do so that God can remove their reproach away. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this word. We thank you, we praise you. I come against all the forces of darkness and every demonic spirit that is warring against your people from obeying you fully. I bind those evil spirits in Jesus' name. And every spirit of rebellion and every spirit of disobedience and every spirit that is causing them to live in a state of rebellion and disobedience and confusion. Oh, I curse those demonic spirits in Jesus' name. I take victory in Jesus' name. May your people inherit every blessing that you have for them. 
by walking in total obedience to the Almighty God, that their reproach, that their reproach may be removed by God Himself. Thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.